0: Hey traders, David Frost, my strategic forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Wednesday, August 17, 2022. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? The first thing we're going to do is go back to yesterday and discuss the thing we discussed last night, which is the market makes pullbacks along the way. So we had one here, we had one here, we may have one underway here. It doesn't mean there's a collapse imminent, it's a pullback until proven otherwise. We had a down day today. The S&P was down $2.80, or a little more than one half of 1%. It's not a big deal. What it is, is normal garden variety market behavior after reaching, for example, the 200 period moving average. It's a little tiny pullback. So let's put all these things in perspective. We also discussed the fact that they had yet to reach the 50 period moving average on the weekly chart. How significant is that? Well, we're going to find out soon enough if the market sells off and begins closing below certain areas, such as the ones we discussed last night, and we'll start with 420 for argument's sake, then we may be in a situation where that 50 period moving average may get left alone. However... As it stands now, there's nothing wrong with the tape. It's just a minor pullback in an uptrend of late. Remember, this is options expiration week, and weird stuff happens. What's that weird stuff ahead? Well, we don't know. Just don't be surprised if we see another decline tomorrow, and equally don't be surprised if we see some kind of a rally tomorrow to erase today's decline. Either one is completely possible, You do not know what's going to happen when you wake up in the morning, which is precisely why we take each day at a time, each candlestick one at a time. Here's a 120 minute chart. The reason I bring this up is because I want to explain using a variety of different charts, what's going on from that particular chart's standpoint. So from the daily chart, we saw a little bit of a pullback. So from the daily chart, you can't tell whether the odds would favor a move up or a move down, but you can get a clue from other charts. So for example, we have on the 120-minute chart, the market for four candles has been riding the 20-period moving average. The spike you see was up to fill the gap, and what they did there was use the kabuki minutes, that's the Fed minutes that were released today at 2 p.m., as an excuse... To goose the market, run up and fill the gap, and come right back down to settle into the zone they were trading at all day long. We'll get to the specific numbers in a few moments on where they traded all day long, but what you can see here is the fact that they went right back down to ride that 20-period moving average leaves at least me with the impression that there may be another leg lower leading into tomorrow. Here's where we get out the sticky notes. Where would that leg lower go if, in fact, they do have another leg lower tomorrow? Now, minus just a slight pullback of a little bit, a few pennies, a dollar here and there, I'm talking about another type of sell operation when you wake up in the morning or during the morning session. That would take us to, and I would be interested in a buy area, and inside the numbers, members already know this, around 423 down to 422.50 or a little bit lower than that, in that zone is an area of interest. It's been an area of interest. It happens to be unfinished business. And we're likely to get a reaction back in the other direction if they hit that zone in what we'll call a crisp formation. Creeping into it or eating time off the clock just above it, that's a different story. If they run into it, that's a tell. That's the market telling you that that price is important. They're headed to a destination. Very similar or the same that happens with stocks on the move every day. We'll get to those later. When stocks or the market or a commodity or anything else is headed to a destination, the quicker it's headed there, the more confidence that I have that they're headed to a destination. A creeping market, you really don't know what the underlying theme is. Remember, just to reiterate, If they start getting below, we're the umpire calling balls and strikes, so we're looking at both sides of things. If they start getting below, 420, start closing hourly below, daily below, that's going to be a warning signal. That's like a flare up in the air that this particular rally may be at a conclusion. Here's another one for the sticky notes. Taking a look at the other side of the coin, the bull case, where do they begin to get most bullish again? In other words... What begins the next leg higher? First, they have to recapture and start closing candles back above 427.75. They have to stick there. That's gonna light the match for the next leg higher. I would put both those things on a sticky note, the upside number and the downside numbers. Let's take a look inside the numbers. I think you're gonna find some of these numbers rather interesting today. When we go back to the chart and we depict where they are in the chart, you'll see what I'm talking about. It's hump day already, same routine until it's not. Slight pullback in the pre-market, we'll see what happens later. So at zero dark 30, it was just a slight pullback compared to what it became later on. In the big scheme of things, it was just a little pullback. The early look at the pivot is 427.75. That number should sound familiar. We just talked about it. So that was the early look, that was the early pivot until they started selling off more. Then we had to make an adjustment. You always have to make an adjustment based on what the market is doing. You have to feed the real-time data into the analysis. Staying above keeps the short-term trend or intraday trend intact and gives the bulls reason to run a snapback operation. First to 4.29 and then 4.30 and change for starters. They didn't do that, but it's on the board. We have to have both sides of the coin on the board early in the day. It's in the spirit of coming prepared. It's the pregame warm-up routine. Below the pivot opens the door for lower stuff to be tested and retested. 426 is one of those numbers and it's considered untested and unfinished. If they start pushing below, 424.71, the door will open for a rundown to, this should also sound familiar, 423 to 422.50. So take note of these numbers, 426, 424, 71. Five-minute chart right at the vertical happens to be today's activity, 426 became our pivot. And here we'll scroll up and I'll show you 842. By the way, the thieves in the mornings already ran a test of 426, just saying. So by 9.08, we need to move our pivot down. For now, it's 4.26. If they rally, one of the targets will be the old pivot of 4.27.75. Why? Because the door opened for 4.26 if they got below 4.27.75. It's the same stuff on the way back up. Now, back to the chart. Let's get our faculties for a moment. 4.26, you can see... They hovered around and ran tests of this all morning long. They got below, and they got as low as and slightly lowered by just a few pennies, 424.71. That was, in fact, the gateway, we'll call it, down to the other numbers. So they ran a test of the gateway. The goal line defense came out, played a rescue operation, shot price right back up. 427.75 was the old pivot. They tried to get there in the morning. They couldn't. And then they were able to do it and fill the gap or almost fill the gap based on which chart you're looking at. And that was by the afternoon slash kabuki theater fed minute release. More importantly, you can see how important the pivot is. When you have identified the correct pivot in the morning, you're able to use that information, A, sometimes to trade around or trade off of, or B, at least get a gauge. For whether the market is in a bullish or bearish position, not necessarily from the opening bell or from yesterday's close, it's bearish based on yesterday's close, I get that, but we're talking about what's going on right now. In the morning, is it bullish or bearish from this point forward? Above 4.26, the bulls are going to try and rally the tape. Below 4.26, they're going to try and push it to another number. That's the way it works. That's exactly what happened. And we're moving along. By the way, all this is occurring and provided for members before the opening bell. 9.23 as a just-in-caser. If they get to 4.23 and spike in a hurry formation, I'm a buyer down there. Again, that was in the spirit of being prepared as the just-in-caser. Now, here's where it gets interesting. 9.34. 4.27.10, give or take, will be some overhead resistance if they continue to push higher. Remember, 427.75 if they really get going. That was at 934, 427.10. And what did they do? They came in between, in between 427.10 and 427.75. You can see here the high was 427.41. The high here was 427.53, and they pulled back. So they came in between two resistance points cited earlier. We'll circle back to Stocks on the Move. We had a couple of nice, easy ones today. Now, here we go again. So I'm looking for a trade. If they come down, I'm going to be a willing buyer at 435.35. You'll see that later, but I'm telling you ahead of time. There's some unfinished business down there. If they start getting below 426, that's at least the first place they go, and they could bounce off that even if they spike 425 a little. Now, this is what happened after the fact. So 425.35, it came up short in this candle. The low was 425.40. The low in this candle is 425.38. They start to try and bounce away, but the trade really would still be active at that point. And guess what? They bounce away, and they bounce away enough up to 426 to say, well, now I don't want that trade anymore, even if they come back down. Now it's a different trade. They bounced about seven S&P handles or so, give or take, that precludes me from taking the trade at the same number. Might want it lower, but that was the number I wanted. They came up a few pennies short, bounced away. I'm gonna take a pass at that point. Some traders that might have front-run the situation got paid accordingly. I'm not a front-runner. Let's move along, see what else we have. Now this is where I explain where are they now, they're floating, and you can read the notes for yourself, pause the video, go back to the chart, do all that stuff. Here's where I say, they should run to 425.35 or even spike four and a quarter, and there should be a bounce there if they do it sooner or later. Creeping or eating time off the clock, no dice. So that's what I was looking for, but they just didn't do it in the manner in which. 10 o'clock, a trader that is interested in a short opportunity could entertain one at 427.75. But they didn't get up there until later after the kabuki spike, so that doesn't count. If they start pushing higher, they're going to run for the gap around 429.50. They did that. Here it is, after Kabuki, the high was 429.50. Funny how that works. Pause the video, read the notes, go back to the chart to double check the work. You can see the highlighted stuff. The numbers are the numbers. From this point forward, the market goes into sleep mode. Other than the spike at Kabuki Theater, they hung around the pivot of 426, all day long. Here, I put a chart up on the board. 137, where are we now? Below is the hourly chart that shows Mrs. Market is in a very tight and narrow range all day long. They could be making a bearish flaggish pattern for another leg down. Now, this was the 60-minute chart at the time. You and I looked at the 120-minute chart just a while ago. They looked the same, but this is the intraday 60-minute chart we're looking at now. This was minus the spike. This was before Kabuki spike. So what we're saying is if this bearish thing plays out, they could be lower later or tomorrow. Well, the later lower never happened, but the tomorrow lower is still on the table. If you wake up to a gap up, it's off the table, but it's on the table at close today. And we're moving along. Down two stocks on the move. We had four possibilities on the board today. ZIM, ADI, TGT, and SNY, two hit, two did not. We'll take a look at the ones that did. ZIM and Target. Zim integrated shipping, haircut at the opening bell, 46.85 was number number one, posted at zero dark 30, 45.75 was the secondary number, it's a zone between the two, the low was 45.81, so they never got to the second, they spiked right back up, gave you the rocket ride, the high here is 48.68, the high in this candle was 48.58, so that counts as a stand up double, nice trade, the numbers work. How about Target? This was one of the most active plays today. 171.07 on the board bright and early. Low of day happens to be 170.83. So they spike it by a few pennies, immediately turn around, have a rocket ride in the other direction. The high was 177.99. That's a hell of a trade. Traders were able to get as much or as little as they wanted out of the trade. What we do is we take some profit at around 1%, give or take. That allows us to hold some because we create what's called a risk-free, emotionless trade. It allows us to participate in a rocket ride if one is going to exist. It's very hard when you have like one thing to do. You're either in or you're out. You're not selling half, you're selling all at a certain number. Doesn't give you options. I like options, you never know which ones are gonna give you the rocket ride. So for example, you sell a third, you sell half, you sell two thirds at a reasonable profit target, the base hit or more, and then what happens? You can hold for the possible rocket ride. You never know which ones. A Lot of participation on the room in both TGT and ZIM, that's the live room inside the numbers live, And by the way, there was plenty of participation from an inside the numbers perspective. I get the emails, I thank you, I like to know that people are doing well. And basically, after those two trades today, it was it. It's a morning business. You have to understand, if you don't get your piece of flesh early in the morning, it's likely you're not gonna get one, or worse yet, you're gonna end up forcing a trade because you have to have a trade, quote unquote. Those are air quotes. And when you feel like that, you end up forcing the issue, you make bad decisions, you invent trades that aren't there. We're not doing that here. What about Camp IWM? So they were down about 1.5% today, so that's a different story than the SPY. So let's mention the IWM is my favorite market-leading indicator. One day doesn't make a market, but we still have to pay attention. It's a puzzle piece, and it's on the board. They recaptured the 200-period moving average, got back below it. So we can't make light of that. Maybe nothing. They may pop right back up. We don't know. But right now, we assess what happened currently, what is the case currently, rather than projecting what may or may not happen. And we say, well, they recaptured the 20-period moving average. They got underneath it. What that does is it opens the door for some lower stuff, like some unfinished business. Where would that be? 195 60 Doesn't mean they have to get there right away, but certainly they will come back to complete the unfinished business. Keeping things consistent, we'll take a look at the 120 chart here, and what do we see? We see the same exact thing with a twist that we saw in the SPY. The SPY was riding the 20-period moving average from above it. The IWM is riding the 20-period moving average from below it. Certainly a lesser scenario, certainly a more bearish scenario. 195.60 down to 195 is a zone they should be running a test. By the way, back to target for a moment. I think this is worth a little bit of a lesson. So one might say, well, how do you come up with these numbers? It bounces off the number and that's the end of it. How do you do it over and over again? Well, let me show you how I did this one, and it's going to be something that I show you all the time, and you're going to scratch your head and say, Yeah, okay, I get it, it works. He shows this all the time, and here it is, used it in real time, put the money where the mouth is. So let's go through this exercise. So target's trading long, it's rather bullish, and it runs up to this spot here, and then it pulls back. So right when that happens, after the pullback, we know that spot's important. So what is that spot? We're gonna call it 171 for argument's sake. So after that, They pop above it and they fight it for a little while and finally they're able to rally and get all the way up to wherever they were, 180 and change, whatever that is. And now they have an earnings announcement or whatever it was and they're coming back down. Well, the first thing I take a look at is they're coming down, they're headed for a destination. What's that destination? What's the likely destination? Well, markets love to come back and test former breakout and former breakdown areas, well, this is considered a breakout area because the market ran up to there, couldn't get through right away, pulled back. Once it got above it, it is considered a breakout area. The market came back to do what? Run a test of that breakout area. Now let's use the real numbers. The high in this candle was 170.99. The low of today was 170.83, and my number was 171.07. How do you like them apples? What they did was very simply run a test of the most recent breakout area, period, full stop. The numbers work. What about the folks down at the transportation department? So they were what we call in technical terms, smoked today. Now they've certainly been smoked worse in the past, but when you're down about 2% on the day, 300 points, that's a smoke job, same routine. Now they're giving up once again that 200 period moving average. We don't know whether it's a one-day wonder or not. One day does not make a market or a trend, but we assess the market based on the activity that's in front of us. What's in front of us is the appearance of giving up that 200-period moving average and a pullback. Well, where would a pullback take us? What's the first place? Well, let's look at this one. How about the last breakup candle in the sequence? The low is 14650 in and change. Okay, fair enough. What's right below that? Right below that is that 20 period moving average on the daily chart, which will be a little bit higher tomorrow. If there's another sell day tomorrow, can they run down, spike the breakup candle low, touch the 20 period moving average and pop back up to close back inside the breakup candle low. Now that was a mouthful and we don't know that they're going to do that, but that is certainly something that we watch out for because they do that kind of stuff over and over and over again. As we know, the transports are my second favorite market-leading indicator, but a number one canary in the coal mine. Staying consistent, what do we see on the 120-minute chart? Well, here it is. Breakup candle low, 14650 and change. That's the same spot. Now you see they have a gap underneath. It's much more clear on this chart. So remember, the 20-period moving average that we looked at on the daily chart a moment ago was underneath that breakup candle low. But where was it? What if we put the line filling this gap? The gap is 14,000, five and a quarter. So now we mark that on the spot. We go to the daily chart and see, oh, by the way, by tomorrow, that number is going to coincide with the 20 period moving average. Do you think, does anybody think, does your neighbor think that that might be a bingo situation? And the answer is if they came down there in a hurry, like we were seeing some kind of a hard sell in the morning, a little bit of a flush in the market, That is A, a destination, and number two, an area where we're likely to find some defense coming out on the field, bounce the market back in the other direction. That's just the way it works the large majority of the time. What about the Q people? Same routines, just a pullback. There's nothing really more to discuss on this chart, down about 1%, more than the SPY, less than some others, kind of in the middle. We're not going to make a federal case out of that. It's all the same market anyway. Financials, nothing doing, down 11 cents, nothing we can do with that. They're just eating time off the clock. It's not bearish. It's still bullish and in an uptrend. And then we had a little whack job with SMH today. They got whacked. If there's another sell tomorrow, what's a good number? What's an important number? How about 434, 434 and a quarter in that zone? There should be special teams defense running out on the field if they get to that number in a hurry formation tomorrow morning? What if they open below that number? Well, then there's another number. Could be as low as 4.30. What if they're going in the other direction? What if we wake up and it's green and everything's bullish? Well, then they're gonna go fill the gap and they're gonna continue what they were doing for the last few days. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're pulling the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.